0: okay that's I mean in rap, I the podcast for the smoke yeah. what's going on family here we are yet again for another episode of South side Rabbi and boy do we have one for you today okay I have to start by saying in 2014 there was uh the annual Grammy Awards, where we watched McLemore yeah, take Album of the Year. It was an injustice. From Kendrick Lamar. And the entire music industry was up in a fit. They were totally devastated by the injustice that what was called perhaps one of the greatest albums of all time lost to. Macklemore's project About thrift stores (laughs) Macklemore was so moved By the injustice Uh That he shot Kendrick Lamar Text message that night Posted on Instagram saying You were robbed I'm giving you this Grammy To which Kendrick said I don't want it (laughs) Which is in the same spirit of, of Eminem, who said back in 20, uh, the top of the 2000s, uh, that he felt as though the Grammys was losing credibility because there were moments where albums should have been given to hip hop legends like Jay-Z or Kanye West, mm-hmm. but it would go to folks who were tantamount to Nilly Vanilly, Millie Vanilly, <laughs> <Milly-van- laughs> What all of that says to us is that every year a Grammy goes out to someone who really shouldn't have it or is overlooking who should have it. It brings question. uh, It brings challenge to the organization itself. Brothers and sisters, I am in a similar dilemma today. Because every year that goes by that our next two guests do not receive Nobel Peace Prizes. MacArthur Genius Awards MacArthur Genius Awards (laughs) Every year that goes by that they they don't even act or sing or rap or perform But they don't have Emmys and I'm bothered by it It brings into question the entire organization How can you have a world where a man and a woman like this just walk around freely With no accolades that that people without giving them- having the places where accolades are distributed at the highest level, not honoring them. It makes me question the entire institution. Ooh. I mean the dream mean machine. Hudson, who are these people? First of all, please d- talk to them. Talk to the people In, about these people. I, I, I have to talk to the people.
1: First of all, I, I don't know what to say because it's d- describing them. It, it's ineffable.
0: It is ineffable. You,
1: you don't have any words to describe, but I will try. Do so first best, of all,
0: your humble offering. All
1: I'm going to say is that... Loaves and fish. <laughs> Lord please multiply Uh, In this world And in culture You know Sometimes you just get A dynamic duo That impacts culture And society Absolutely Kobe and Shaq That's right Michael Jordan and Scottie Pippen. Absolutely. Batman and Robin. Batman and Robin.
0: Absolutely. John
1: Lennon and Paul McCartney. Yes,
0: brother. Yes.
1: Uh, Who else? Ben and Jerry. Mm. Ben and Jerry. Some of y'all enjoyed it. Some, some Tom of of us, and Jerry. Some of us may enjoy that a little bit too much. <laughs> Tom and Jerry. <laughs> Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski. Come on, brother. And uh, if you like food, hamburgers and fries, just great dynamic duo always together. Absolutely. And go and, 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 just, and just match with one another. Y'all get the picture. Get Y'all the get picture. what I'm trying to say. Well, today, the brother, sister, and Christ that I have to my left. Yes. We got some heavy hitters in here. Heavy Heavy hitters, hitters today. Yeah. Now,
0: we have brother Benjamin Watson. Yes. And we should be able to stop right there. Because <laughs> he, he has one of those names that when you just say we're like, oh, we know who you're talking about. Like when you say Oprah. No,
1: but all I'm saying is we got Benjamin Watson, who was not only, first of all, come on, not only a first-round draft pick, yes, ben- but also a Super Bowl champion hey. as a titan in the National Football League. Yes. Now, you know, as they say, NFL can mean not for long, <laughs> but that didn't apply to Benjamin Watson. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. But even off the field, Ben is just as much as a beast. He's an author, uh-huh. commentator, one of the only people that I know that had... Uh, Laura Ingram that was like, well, uh, well, uh what do we, uh, uh go to commercial. Do would like to have you go to commercial. <laughs> um, and, uh, when he, you know, I, he's also uh dad of the century. He got mad kids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I that he's the dad of, the, <laughs> of century. the century. He's got all the awards all there. All the dad awards. Yes. I think that he has them. So we have, Brother Benjamin Watson. We also have Sister Elizabeth Graham, my, my, CEO my. for Life Collective Inc. Yes. Previously at uh, the Ethics and Religious Liberty Com- uh, Commission as Vice President of Operations. I think right, operations and life initiatives. Yeah, that's what it was. And Elizabeth is a graduate of the University of Tennessee and also Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. Whee. So my. Mine is so sharp, might mess around and cut your head off. Yes. So give it up for our guest, yes, please. Praise God. Please,
0: please, please, please. Amen, amen, amen. Brothers and sisters, welcome the brother and the sister to the podcast. Now, amen. we are here for a special conversation about a ministry that is doing wonderful things in terms of advocacy for the rights, well-being, protection of the unborn and the mothers that have those children. Mm -hmm. Um, If you all could just start us off talking a little bit about Stand for Life, why we all need to know about it and what it is doing in the world.
2: I want to start my sister. First of all, I got to say, I am just honored to be here. Like, we are on set. Yeah,
3: that's exactly right. right. Yes. Yes. We're going to get
2: to it. But we are in person, live and in color Uh, in Florida. Like... On the set, we didn't see the tour the way God is blessing y'all's ministry. I mean, it's really tremendous. I told my dad. My dad is 66 years old. Uh. I said, Daddy, I'm down here in Florida. So what you doing on there, son? I said, well, you you may have heard of it or not. This thing called Southside Rabbi that I'm going on. He's like, oh, yeah.
3: I've seen it before. Pastor Ken Watson,
2: Rock Hill, South Carolina, knows who y'all are. So this is like a big deal to be here in person, not on on Zoom. So... We yeah. are honored. I'm yeah, honored. We Welcome, yes. to Welcome here with y'all. We are honored um, as well. Stand for Life. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, it's a tremendous honor to be here. Like, I've been watching the podcast for a long time. Like, y'all are doing such incredible things, it's and it's just, it's amazing. Amen. Um, Thank, you. Thank you. So, it's a tremendous privilege to be here. But Stand for Life. So, the reason that we started Stand for Life is because we believed that we wanted to see a more beautiful vision for engaging the church on what does it mean to be holistically about defending and affirming the dignity of the human person, which Mm. we believe theologically is rooted in the image of God and our understanding of that. And so at Stand for Life, our desire is to equip and educate and mobilize the church. So we want them to have that like theological underpinning of the Imago Dei so that we can apply consistently Yes. Our theological ethic, and not just to one particular position. Oh,
4: I love mm. it! Yeah,
3: and um, and so we believed that in order to do that, we needed to create a brand. and And our hope and our desire was like not out of a spirit of like arrogance, but out of a spirit of humility. Like, yes. create a brand where people could unite under it, that just it. had a more beautiful vision of. Rooted in the scriptures about what does it mean to be created in the image of God, what are the implications, and we want to see the flourishing of the human person. Yes,
2: Yes. yeah. And the thing is, like, coming alongside the church because the the the, the church is the prophetic priesthood, if you if you would, group Mm -hmm. of people Mm -hmm. that God has charged with influencing the culture. Yes, right. And what we've seen, not just you know, I hate when people say what we've seen lately. No, throughout time. Mm That's what the church has been. The church has been the moral compass for for the culture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so when the church is not equipped, when the church starts to believe the lies of the culture, Come on. especially when it comes to the issue of life. Yes. And in our American context, it is very political. When you yes. talk about pro-life, pro-choice, abortion, all the things we'll get into. Right. But when you talk about some other social issues, that's still life. And yes. so our hope is to, is to equip the church, stand beside the church, yes. but also I think challenge the church yes. to remove themselves from the political dichotomy and that whole paradigm and tried to be more bibliocentric yes. if i could say that when that, it absolutely. comes to how we express and how we stand yeah. stand for life yes. mm-hmm. um because right now there is a lot of confusion Come on. And, and, and if we true. don't if we don't understand talk about that um mm-hmm.
4: yeah.
2: if we don't understand the image of god in every person even that's the people right. we disagree with yes. yes if we don't understand the value of human beings as being created in that image, being different than the animals, being that God breathed into life into yes. mankind, right, 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 right. Mm-hmm. Being that He sent His Son to die for mankind, not for the animals. We are different. If we don't start with that basis, yes. that foundation, yeah. it influences how we treat people. That's it influences exactly the yes. things that we say. It influences how we teach our children. Yes. It influences how we engage in politics. It yes. influences how we get mm-hmm. engage in philanthropy. Yes, mm-hmm. all those things start with the image of God, and what does that mean for the person? And so
3: that's right.
2: Specifically in this time where you've got Roe v. Wade being overturned last year, where you've got people digging in on all sides, where you've got churches being split down the center on the issue of life and the issue of social services and all that type of stuff, it is imperative that we at least come together and be able to talk about this from a scriptural-centered standpoint and get back to that and out of culture war because that's that's, that's exactly what we're right. Right. It, 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 yeah. it, it's culture it's, it's war culture yes. that's exactly what it is it's happened. culture yes. war
0: yeah that is powerful yep
4: l- yeah l- l- to l- like put to it I mean Go ahead.
3: yeah I think to like put it back where the conversation belongs like on, we yes. are we are our understanding of this issue is rooted in the gospel and right. in scripture right and so when we take it out of that context we then uh, it's such a polarizing issue so it's either like you're on the left and you care about serving uh, women right. or you're on the right and you only care about, this is what they would say, that you only care about the life of the pre-born child. And we're like, no, yeah. the image of God requires that we understand human flourishing in a way that sees the immeasurable uh, worth and the dignity in every human person. Powerful. And that has like implications. So I'm not buying into the lie that I can't care about women, children, and families while addressing the issue holistically that understands it that way. And also not divorcing the issue, like a life issue, whether it's justice Uh or whether it's what's considered traditionally pro-life. Sure, Any assault on one who bears the image of Christ, I believe is an assault on the image of God himself. And so therefore we can't take those issues and like pull them apart. We have to think of them Uh, consistently. We have to uh, consistently think about, okay, what does the Bible say about this? Why do I see race as an image of God issue? Why do I see immigration as an image of God issue? Why do I see human trafficking as an image of God issue? And I'm not buying the lie that it's a binary issue. I can only care about one Mm -hmm. or the other. I can't care about the whole of the human person. Right, 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 right. And so I just refuse to be caught in that trap that says, if you don't care about the most vulnerable. Sure. Well, I don't believe that Scripture talks about the most vulnerable. Uh I believe that Scripture talks about the vulnerable. Yes. And so anyone uh, who bears the image of Christ— and is in a situation that's vulnerable, is a vulnerable person. Sure, absolutely. And should be defended and affirmed.
0: Yeah, that's powerful. Amen. That's powerful. I do want to underscore the paradigm shift that y'all are leading with. Mm-hmm. Because typically, um, at least I've seen this in my own Christian walk. I was discipled to really process the world only through redemption, the cross. I I start mm-hmm. at the cross of Christ. Yep. Mm-hmm. Where at the cross, there are sinners who are disconnected from God. And on the other side are those who trust him and now are united with God, the cross stands in the center. Mm -hmm. But that's pretty much how the world works. And it kind of shows, it shows up in... A way that I mean, we we'll describe it in Christians' view of the world, in that it's more like the Walking Dead, right? So yeah. you got you got you got people who are healthy, who are in Jesus, yep. who yes. who are who are living in little silos. Mm-hmm. And they got their team, and they got their, their politicians, and they got their their emphasis. Yep. And then we will, when we need supplies, yep. go out into the world and try not to get touched yep. while mm-hmm. we're out there, mm-hmm. as these people are walking around mm-hmm. dead in their sins and trespasses, right, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. and one of the things that Francis Schaeffer has helped us with a lot in what you all are rooting your ministry in is that the cross is supreme. Let's not yes. get it twisted. Yes. There is no future without the cross of Absolutely. Jesus Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. Yet the Bible actually doesn't start with the cross per se. It starts with creation. Right. Yes. And there's something that the cross does in working forward, and backwards. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. That it yeah. goes back to the garden mm-hmm. where people are being made, where people were, were made in the image yes, of God. Right. Every yes. man and woman mm-hmm. that follows that right. are they are made in the image of yeah, God. And yeah. Paul says that God in Jesus <laughs> is restoring that image. Yes. In yes. us. Yes. Yeah. yes. But the truth of the matter is everyone that has the breath of life coursing through their lungs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They are made in the image of God, and the image of God demands mm-hmm. certain rights, uh, yeah. certain reactions, yes. certain protections, yes. uh, certain access. Yes. And to have that paradigm shift is everything for a people. I think for us, I'm not even thinking about my own Christian walk and how I looked at the world before, mm-hmm. where my heart would sort of, I wouldn't look at like Jesus looked at the countryside and saw sheep without a shepherd, right? Uh-huh. And he felt compassion. The scripture is constantly saying that he felt compassion for folks. Mm-hmm. You can kind of turn your nose at folks. Yeah. You can see mm-hmm. them as see them through their problem. Yeah. yeah. You see them through where they stand ideologically, right? right? Mm-hmm. And you only, you only estimate those who are not in Jesus through what you perceive is wrong with them. And yeah. you miss the rightness of the image of God, that even our enemies, right. even those who are forgotten, and then right. as in terms of those who are vulnerable, it should flow out of us to see them as image bearers. Yes. We ought yeah. to be reminded because we can only see things through the binary of sinners and saints. Right. Well, the problem I mean, is yeah. if we,
2: if we if we start with the cross, Uh but but we start with the holiness of God. Mm Yes. Mm -hmm. Amen. You always Mm -hmm. start with the holiness of God. Yeah, say that. Yeah. And so when you start with the holiness of God, you put yourself in proper perspective. That's Uh right. And so when you juxtapose yourself with the holiness of God, you see the wretchedness of yourself. Absolutely. And you see how Mm -hmm. sinful you are Mm -hmm. and how less than you are and how dare you think you're better than someone else because we're all in the same boat. Absolutely. And so that proper worldview... And proper self-view is what propels you to care about about everybody.
0: Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. you know, right. and
2: what That's propels right. you to say, you know, even if this person can't help me,
0: right,
4: right, even
2: right. if this person is my enemy, which is right. what Jesus talked about, right, right, which right. is what it's very hard for us to do, myself yep. included, yep. today. Yep. Yep. Yeah, you see yourself against the holiness of God and realize your need for a savior. Absolutely. So how dare you think of yourself as better? than anyone else. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes, And so that's what propels our fights for justice. I love that. Like, yeah. like, like, like that's what makes us care about the preborn child. That's right. what makes us care about the mother. Right. That's what cares about. Like in, in the book of James, where it talks about workers who were not receiving their proper yes. wages. Yes, yeah. That's what makes mm-hmm. us care about those sorts of social injustices yes. right. because that's
4: right. That's right. we
2: see ourselves in proper perspective against mm-hmm. the holiness of God. And that's, what we love about the cross, because as you mentioned, KB, yeah. the cross through the blood of Christ, eventually our image will be restored yeah. mm-hmm. in heaven mm-hmm. to yes, what yes. it was in the beginning. Because now we we bear the image of God, but it's marred. It's marred. It's marred yes. by yes. sin. Right. Yes. The, the mirror is cracked. Yeah. It's marred by mm-hmm. sin. We, yeah. we bear the image of Adam. Yep. But through Christ, we, we bear the image of God and that is restored oh, through his blood. Right. So, that's right. Mm, that's mm-hmm. powerful. That's good. That's I I love
1: that we're talking about redemption because um, as you said, like we start with the cross, but the Bible doesn't necessarily always start with the cross. Right, right. Um, I think that when we're thinking about redemption, we're all also thinking about redemption of man, which is key. But I feel like we also don't necessarily focus on the redemption of God's world, yeah. mm-hmm. which is why I think mm-hmm. the Bible starts with men being made in the Imago Dei. yes. Yeah. yes Not necessarily men... Yes. It's 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 us <clears throat> being made in the imago dei, and then we see the fall happen. Right, right. Mm-hmm. But I think that one of the things that we also have to think about is the redemption of creation as a whole. Sure. We're included in sure. that, though. Mm-hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Right. Yes, yes. So That's we think good. about like us. But we are also included in this holistic redemption that God yes. has. Yes. Yes, that is yes, yes. not just about you and your soul, but all creation in God's world oh is going to be God's redeemed. God's a holistic God, and we—he's a holistic <laughs> God—and we as God's ambassadors good, are amazing. bringing that. I think bringing heaven to earth, which means that is why we have to care for the vulnerable, That's because right. in a redeemed society, in a society in which God is ruling as mm. king.
4: Mm-hmm.
1: The vulnerable are taken care of, yes. and the vulnerable is whole. Our whole is holistic. Right, right. That's why yes. the Bible doesn't all, like you said, doesn't mm-hmm. describe necessarily the most vulnerable. Yeah, it's yeah. the vulnerable. Yes, yes, yes. 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 I, it, so it's it's a holistic view of the vulnerable, and as we see why we see God all throughout Scripture, but I'm thinking especially mm-hmm. in the Old Testament, mm-hmm. telling folks, hey. Take care of the vulnerable. Hey, yes. when, when aliens come, do not oppress them. Because remember, right. no, you no, no, no. were oppressed in That's Egypt. Right. Yep. Yes. Yes. And I yes. took yes. you out. Yes. Yes. So don't turn around and take yes. your freedom and then start oppressing others the way that you would. Remember how it was when y'all were yeah. crying out but, for me yeah. to be delivered? Yeah. Uh-huh. Don't turn around and do the same thing. Because yeah. I am trying to create a kind of people for a kind of world. And yes. those kind of people care about the vulnerable. Yeah, so that. that redemption is not just a redemption of our souls. Uh, but it's also the redemption of God's worlds. So while yes. Paul is talking yeah. about how creation is groaning,
4: yes, everything yes. Yes. is waiting yes.
1: for this redemption. Absolutely, and we are agents of that. So I, I, I it's love beautiful. that the mm-hmm. of yes. life, yeah, whole really life really includes good. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Really mm-hmm. yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I, I mean, I, and also I think, you know, getting even back to the holiness. Yes, we as believers should be set apart. Mm-hmm. Come on, sir. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times we think about being set apart um, in the sense of piety. Or our our um, behaviors, mm-hmm. or uh, you know how we how we act. Do we follow a um, prescriptive we see in scripture? How closely do we follow that? But part of being set apart is we ought to be a people who has extraordinary generosity, mm. and we have an extraordinary love that is different than than the world. That's sure, right. sure. And, right. and and we do things and we operate in ways that is not necessarily countercultural all the time. But is different than how the culture would expect us to act. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to the issue of standing for life, yeah. and when it comes to the issue of abortion, we as believers need to be a people that offer a different message yes. than mm-hmm. than the rest of the America, mm-hmm. than, than the rest of the world, than our neighbors. Sure, sure. But yes. like our conversations shouldn't look the same as theirs. Not because we just want to be different, but because. We have always been a royal priesthood of people that have been set apart, of people that have been. It, when when God was telling people not to treat foreigners a certain way, it wasn't just because He wanted to do that. He He wanted them to be different than the than others, other nations, nations yes. that Come on, they were sir. around. Yes, Come on. Yeah. Amen. He was calling them to be different. Yes, when mm-hmm. Jesus was challenging His disciples in the seventy-two and all the others He came, He was telling them to be different. Yes, to be yes. to be different. Yeah, and we as so believers. Good too often look the same like we have the same talking points yeah um we have the same jokes you know we 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 have the same stereotypes when we talk about this issue and other issues we have the same ideas about policy and politics and politicians and all that type of stuff and in the church the conversation looks no different come on and this is an area where the church believers need to be Set apart, yes, yes. We need to be mm-hmm. holy, we need yes. to be sanctified in that mm-hmm. way, and that's a continual process. Look, we're, we're not sitting here saying that we got all together, sure, it's a sure. continual process because even though we're not of the world, we're in it right now, right, so right, we're right. influenced. Yeah, but I'll tell you this our experience, my experience, Elizabeth, y'all's experience when you offer something that is different Come on, than sir. Mm-hmm. what people hear, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, it's amazing, yes, mm-hmm. how the light from you influences them. Oh, yes. I love and they think a little bit differently yes. because it's different than the narrative that they've heard. Like, mm-hmm. like, like the narrative when it comes to abortion, as you mentioned, Elizabeth, is the left votes one way, the right votes one way. You care about the people who are in child. You care about the people that are living. And then we come with... with scripture and say, you know what? No, that, that's not what I read in my mm-hmm. Bible. Yeah. Um, that's cool. not how we ought to be mm-hmm. operating. Yes. And People sometimes have aha moments. I love yes. that. Love <laughs> yeah. I love yeah, the
0: way yeah. you said, too, that we want to offer something more beautiful, yeah. which yes. is another mm-hmm.
2: word for glory. We talk about
0: glory yes. a lot. It's yes. on our hats. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, yes, But that is a part of what you're bringing in the difference, is yeah. the beauty of our God mm. being applied to the mm. situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I... Uh, my father-in-law is like one of my like really really good friends. Mm-hmm. And uh so he and I, you know, we we you know, we throw steaks on the grill together and uh, pretty much every weekend we have uh he's got a, one of the most beautiful patios I've ever seen in my life and I'm endorsing you right now Mr. G. Mr. G. Shout out Mr. G. Um and he he that will that will encourage him. He spent a lot of money on it. Anyways, uh but uh we were we were in the hot tub. We we just we, we we've been having these weekend hot tub conversations and um and my father-in-law is a staunch Democrat. And uh and we started talking about the pro-life issue. And in the about 45 minutes or an hour we talked, I don't think he had ever heard anyone talk about the love for the child and love for the woman mm. Uh, mm. as mm-hmm. a Gospel issue, yes, mm-hmm. yes. That is presenting a third way. Mm-hmm. He had only heard it from that polarized that polarizing. polarized perspective. Anyways, I just wanted yeah. to just mm-hmm. to to underscore what yeah. what the doctor's saying that there is <laughs> that there is something beautiful, different, yeah. and appealing.
3: Mm. Yeah. Yes.
0: To that yeah, distinction. Yeah,
3: there is. I'm gonna I, I'm gonna read a quote because I think this is oh, one theologian says, um, and by the way, I'm not. Prescribing. His is the only one that has something good to say. Okay. <laughs> so I feel like gotcha. I do need to say that. Yes. Um, disclaimer. But, yeah, yes. disclaimer. disclaimer. <laughs> I feel like sometimes you got to do that these days because yes. people don't think about nuance. Yes. But R.C. Sproul um, said, I don't have anything in me that would demand that God treat me with eternal significance. Mm-hmm. I have eternal significance and eternal worth because God gives it to me. Then when you think back in Genesis 127, God makes both male and female with dignity and value. This is applied across the human person, speaking specifically of male and female, but the human person, because the one that created us, the one that loves us um, is the one that uh, says we're valuable and that we have dignity and worth. And so when we're talking about this issue, I mean, I don't ever talk about it in terms of politics. Because again, politics is divisive and I'm not going to get into that conversation. What Mm. I'm going to talk about is what the scriptures say about it and cast a vision for the church that I believe is more beautiful. And then we're not automatically starting from some sort of political positioning. Mm. Like, are you, if you are a believer, are you going to argue with me about what the scripture says about those who are made in the image of God? Yes, 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 yes. Probably not. Come on, come on. Because then that would actually show you're not actually holistically valuing the dignity of every human person. sure. So then you're actually questioning God. You're not not arguing with me. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're arguing like with the scripture. And so- when we when we talk about this issue with the church and we position it from a gospel perspective, when we talk about the image of God and we look in Genesis, we look in the Psalms, we look throughout scripture and we start unfolding that, when you give people just this more beautiful picture of what that looks like, mm-hmm. that I don't have to just care about one thing. Yeah. I can care about the whole of the human person. Mm-hmm. And I love the Anne Campaign's Whole Life Project. By the way, I think yes. they do some like, Phenomenal stuff. So yeah. shout, shout out, out to, Anne. Anne to Anne the campaign, women yes. at the whole life project uh, and yes. the and campaign, multiple of you have been like leading the way doing an incredible job. So i want yes. to talk about that for a second. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think, um, and, in the church because of so much, and I know we're probably going to talk about this, but so much of what's happened in the last seven, eight years, like 2016 and mm-hmm. on. Uh, yes. Uh, has created this, uh, significant like division in our culture and in the church.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Very true. So
3: like believers who are in Christ together are now looking at one another mm-hmm. as if they uh are their enemy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like in talking about politics. And yeah. I'm like, wait a second. Like this is actually un Christ like. Yes, yes, it's yes. Like unbiblical. Unbiblical. <laughs> And so, um, and so when we when we talk about stand for life, what we're saying is like, hey, this is what we believe it means to be created in the image of God, to be holistically pro life, and that has implications for the way in which I live out my life. Hmm. So I care about mom, I care about what what for her. So a mom that may be considering abortion, I care about what brought her to the place yes, yes. that she feels like she had no other option. Yeah,
4: right. Yeah, yeah, right. Sure. She may
3: have bought the lie. That she can't flourish if she doesn't take the life of her reborn child mm-hmm. she may also be affected by circumstances yeah. i mean benjamin yeah. i've talked yeah. a lot about this like if she is not making an affordable wage a livable wage
4: mm-hmm.
3: if she doesn't have stable housing mm-hmm. if she can't feed the children that she already has like these are issues that we should deeply care about yes. as the church yes also if the church would do the church's responsibility, i.e., the mission of God, the hands and feet of Jesus, the government wouldn't have to. Whoa, mm-hmm. oh, what a point. Oh.
0: She said what she said. She said what she, she, said, what she said. said. And if you didn't hear what she said, <laughs> play it back. Rewind. That's
2: why this is my remote. She, what she, in she a said what she said. You can listen to it several times. You know what I'm saying? And also and also when it comes to the church, I I, I think I think it's also important to realize. How abortion has impacted the church? Yes, meaning how yes, abortion yes. has impacted people in the church. Yeah, um, four in ten women. Some stats say sixty percent of women within the church who say they go to church regularly have had abortions or yeah. post-abortive. Wow. And so I always like to say, well, it's probably about four in ten or sixty percent of men as well. Sure, sure. And mm-hmm. so, yeah. and this includes pastors. Wow. And so, and so when we're talking about. Oh, this issue. Yeah. So think about is, that for a second. This is not just something mm-hmm. that's happening out there mm-hmm. in the world, and we need to show the world. No, this is something that's happening within our own body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't have language for it. And you know, Scripture talks a lot about you know sexual sin in that sin that that it it impacts your own body. Yes. That, yeah. that is different. Yes. Anytime you're talking about anything sexualized, or in this case, life. Where the image of God is on a pre-born child, just as a mother and father. Amen. It's amen. gonna hit differently. Yeah. And so there is a lot of hurt and pain and guilt, mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sorrow, and mm-hmm. grief mm-hmm. within the church, mm-hmm. specifically on this issue, which makes it difficult
4: yeah.
2: uh, for pastors to preach about, it, even yeah. though they need to. Yeah. yeah. Makes it difficult for small groups to talk about it. Yep. Yes. Uh it, it makes it difficult when uh, a, a pastor is speaking about it in a certain way, and there are people in the pews who are dealing with this grief and yeah, yeah. and may yeah. feel separated. Yeah. God, so many, so often we see even through scripture how God, and in our own lives, how God uses our failures, yes, mm-hmm. our sorrow, mm-hmm. our misery for our new mission. Yes, mm-hmm. and there are a Don't lot preach. of people within mm-hmm. church pews right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Who feel um, ostracized? Who feel sidelined mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. they don't feel welcomed, and they don't feel forgiven and encouraged, um, and equipped on this issue because it's simply not being talked about outside of you need to go vote for this person because they believe this, that, or the yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like we, 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 mm-hmm. we are walking wounded on mm. this issue yeah. within the church body, and so you know, even you know, with Stand for Life. About equipping the church is it's also about giving, giving ministers within the church a way to process their own yeah. pain mm-hmm. on this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but also to minister to people within the body. That's right. Because we're not immune as believers to the stuff that the world is doing. We have power to overcome. Right, right, we have right, a Holy right. Spirit yeah, that but indwells we're, us. we are touched and, by it. But but we are still oh, we here. touched and and, uh-huh. and and we still do things that we many times regret. Yep. Yeah.
3: Well, and statistically Powerful. speaking, like the numbers of abortion within in the church are almost the exact same they are outside the church. Let that
0: sink let that sink in. Yeah. Okay.
3: So if it's like 40%, we usually say like one in three women it's actually more than that in the pew, like sitting beside you, mm. listening, yeah, on the podcast yeah, yeah, that are believers, yeah, have been impacted by abortion. Sure, 45% yeah. are at risk of repeat abortion. Wow, wow. Yeah. and this is by the way, this is evangelical Protestant denominations, man, also. The number of minority women are disproportionately impacted by sure, this issue. Right. We could, we could peel back the layers there and sure. what's happening in the in in the um, those communities being preyed upon.
1: Right, sure. right, yes. Um,
3: but the Hispanic and African American communities make up more than fifty percent. Gutmarker just did uh, released a new research report. It's like almost what was it sixty, 60 percent? Yeah, yeah, sixty yeah, something percent. Of um of Hispanic and African American women make up those who've had abortions. Oh, wow,
0: that is out of,
3: okay. So if you like, desperate. if you if you look at what's happening in the church, you've got this high percentage of women who've been impacted by right. the issue of abortion. Then you have, if there's no dis, what we call disruption of the cycle, mm-hmm. yeah i.e. meeting her in her time of crisis and need. So if the church is not being the church, there's no intervention. She's at a 45% risk of repeat abortion. The church should be the most loving, compassionate, empathetic, safe, safest place for her ever. Right. That is who the church should be. Um, If they are... um, honoring Christ in the way that they treat those um who are suffering and vulnerable. Yeah. And I and I think this is also important and some I I this also may be a little um difficult or controversial as well, but yeah. like look at the end of the day when a woman is in crisis yeah. and she's like suffering.
4: Yeah. yeah.
3: And you're working on intervention. Okay, she is in the emergency room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So let's take like mm-hmm. Uh, medical language right, She's right. in the emergency room yeah. She's like literally hemorrhaging Yeah yeah. We're not going to talk to her About her long-term care In the emergency exactly. room Exactly sure,
2: sure, sure. Or the reasons
1: why she got there Or here. the reasons uh, yeah. why she got yeah, there It's oh. really kind of irrelevant <laughs> at that point It's not <laughs> yes, really the yes. most important need In that
3: need. moment yeah. Right We know her greatest need is the gospel Yep yeah. First and foremost Yes Then we need to understand What brought her to the place Yes But like We do have a responsibility to like intervene, stabilize her, get her into a continuum of care. Benjamin and the work that he's been doing, they, uh, with Human Coalition, has uh, talked a lot about continuum of care. Like this is super important. Mentorship. Sure. You walk alongside women.
4: Yes.
3: um, You want to provide like uh, stable um, relationships for them. Yes. Mm -hmm. And so we have a responsibility. Yes like to literally be the hands and feet of Jesus, yeah. Yeah, to meet yeah. women in their moment of crisis. And we want them and need them yes. to come to the church. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're using language like murder,
0: yeah, 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 yeah,
4: sure,
3: uh, this is not bringing anyone closer. Sure, yeah. sure,
0: sure, sure, sure. Or if
3: you're using like language of condemnation, like right, she's sure, just, sure. she's not going to think of you as the place that she should come yeah
2: safety
3: at all no not safe at all
2: yeah but also if you're not using language at all
3: i mean i mean there was was a recent
2: poll that talked about less than 10 percent of people who are protestant you know in Mm -hmm. churches have even heard a sermon about the issue period and i I got to evangelical said like 22 percent or something like that so yeah in the last six months yeah it's not it's not being talked about for a lot of the reasons that that we've already said right and some of that is the politics of it, I think. Yeah. yeah. except yeah. the election they, they, cycles. Yeah, yeah, they're scared. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Pastors mm-hmm. are scared too. And I'm yeah. not saying, we're not saying that, you know, uh, a church needs to have a, uh, you know, a two-month-long series <laughs> on, on the issue of abortion. Right. But what yeah. we are saying is when we look at the totality of Scripture mm-hmm. and when we preach Genesis to Revelation, yes. there are several issues within that that apply to the current context Absolutely. that we live in. Yeah, mm-hmm. so cool. And so if mm-hmm. we're preaching through the Bible, um, there are things that we are going to touch mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. that have relevancy and this has to be one of them That's right. in order for a woman, a man who is dealing with the issue of abortion to feel comfortable yeah. in coming to a church and because we talk about what's important to us.
3: Yeah. 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 Well, and it's, so, I mean, even if you step outside like the abortion issue, let's just say a mom has been impacted by the issue of abortion and now on the other side of that, she's uh received healing now she has or you know she's she's come through she had an abortion she's now in the church mm-hmm. she's had another child even then there's an immense amount of like shame and guilt yeah and mm. just hopelessness yeah, yeah. that she can ever be forgiven yes for what she's done
0: yeah
3: and so I think these are like, these are complex issues. Yeah. yeah. You know?
0: Yeah. And, yeah, absolutely. That's and
3: and if we're going to advocate for women to keep their children, which by the way, we are, yes. we're going to do that. We also have to be there for women so that women, so that those women are positioned to be able to parent if they, if they want to choose to parent. Sure, right. sure, sure,
0: sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So
3: that those children aren't going into the foster care system. Because yes, if we just yeah. talked about the foster care oh, system. Oh my gosh, yeah. And what's happening in the foster care Come on. system, Come on, it is so significant. Yeah. Um, and the, I mean, there's just so much like with orphans, um, yeah. children who have been placed in the foster care system who have no parents to protect them, to keep them mm-hmm. safe. Yeah. And then what ends up happening when they age out of the foster care system, we can talk about statistics with incarceration. Yeah. Yeah. We can talk about education played into the fact that they didn't receive proper education, they didn't have a family wrapped around them. Safe, loving, forever family. Yeah. So like the church has responsibilities in multiple level. And we believe the church is the answer.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. You know. It's good. Amen. I um Amen. I I this is good. Um I was I got emotional while you were talking, um, sister, because I was reminded um of this quote. Um somebody was 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 talking about how um if they on judgment day they want to ask god like god where were you when mm. children were hungry and people were being uh, weren't, weren't being defended and, mm. and resources weren't being provided for vulnerable people and he said i want to ask god that question but i'm afraid he's going to ask me the same thing where were <laughs> you and i in in this moment what 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 really stirs my heart is how rich mm. Christians are in mm. America mm. that we can... Uh, and I'm, I'm just saying what I'm saying. Say it. I mm-hmm. love the church. I love yeah. every church I've served at. Yeah. I have been in beautiful churches
2: yeah. with,
0: with multi-million dollar projects on a screen that sits behind you while you preach that you turn on for, 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 for an hour a week. And I've seen that juxtaposed with other Christian ministries as a ministry that we met with uh, a couple weeks that shared a couple weeks ago, a week ago, actually, that had shared almost a billion dollars out of other Christians, generosity to take care of medical needs yep. inside the community of faith throughout the country. Wow. Yep, yep. Yep. Almost a I, I, I said, oh yep. with Did a you say 800 yeah. yeah. million? Yeah. Yep. You know, yeah. Like a, a bee, yes, yeah. With a B. Yes. And yep. have committed themselves in yep. what I'm saying. And these these ain't baller Christians. They're not there. They're, these yeah. ain't like the one They're getting Christians. it out of the mud. These dude. are folks mm-hmm. that that are taking from their nine to five and giving. Right. right. And mm. i I in a moment of sadness, I felt judgment day. Like, what will God say to us and what we Raised money to 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 pour right, right. our resources into, right. and what effects did it have on the thing that God cares more about than almost? Jesus says yeah. in 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 Matthew that the law has weightier matters. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Yes. But not, yes all mm-hmm. of the law of the law is of it, we understand that it is of equal ethical importance yeah mm-hmm. but there's a weightiness to certain aspect to what God is calling you to do that you should neglect the other things but right. you ought to Center other parts of what God mm-hmm. has stated namely issues of righteousness and justice yep.
4: mm-hmm. and
0: I mm. I am thinking about that but then I got hope for, as you were talking as well. Mm -hmm. Because it seems like what the Lord is doing, even with Stand for Life, is creating an organization that will grow. Because Stand for Life, how long has Stand for
2: Life actually been around?
3: Well, Stand for Life's, It's been around... So, there was a previous uh, movement with Stand for Life.
2: Get a whole download. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 So, there was like a
3: previous... um, There's a previous... uh, A woman by the name Jess Barfield created this online storytelling brand that was meant to basically tell stories of human dignity and image of God uh, stories. Right. From conception to natural death.
4: Yeah. It was like
3: a storytelling brand. Just like help people to better understand. Cause you know, stories are compelling Yes. Right? and they help people to understand the issues. Yes, And so it was like birthed out of this desire to create like a filter for people to put over their photos and then to tell these like stories of life yeah. all along the spectrum uh, from conception and natural death. And so Jess created this like amazing storytelling and it grew and grew and had tens of thousands of followers. And it got to the point where it just became so significant that um, and there was so much going on that she was like, "It's like outgrown what they ever thought wow. or anticipated wow. that it would be." Right. Yeah. And so, Jess, my understanding is because I wasn't a part of the original, but um, Jess approached the ERLC, which we talked mm-hmm. about earlier, where I served as their vice president of operations in life. Yeah. And Jess approached the ERLC and asked the ERLC, "Would you all consider taking on Stand for Life?" Mm. And so, it really, again, at that point, is like just storytelling. Right. And the ERLC was like, okay, uh, we do life and we care deeply about it. Uh, Dr. Moore was the president at the uh, time.
1: Uh, shout out Russell Moore. Moore. Russell Moore.
3: Yes, yeah. Dr. Moore, we love you. <laughs> I love you. Yes. Um, yes sir. And so they decided to basically say, would the ERLC like to take Stand for Life? Yeah. So the ERLC acquired Dissolve Stand for Life's like nonprofit status and rolled it up into their organization. Love it. And then it's sort of... Um, because the same passion wasn't there in terms of storytelling and not really knowing how to tell the stories in the same way that really moved people the way that Stand for Life did, it sort of kind of slowed down a little bit. And over like the last two years, two years uh, after they acquired the brand, they were like, well, what are we going to do with it? Yeah. Well, We were looking for, with our Collective Impact Alliance work, which is organizations that work to see large-scale social change um, on on this issue of life, Um, we believed we needed a public-facing brand for the church. So we went through all kinds of brand exercises to basically figure out—this was about four years ago— to figure out what's this going to look like. Um, And the Collective Impact Alliance has been meeting since 2018. Mm So then we have this conversation where we're like, we need to engage the church. The church is the answer. Yes. Yes. We need to be doing all this other work, yes. but we've got to mobilize, educate, and equip yes. the church yes. to be the hands and feet of Jesus, come on, come to on. make mm-hmm. a real difference. Because yes. mm-hmm. um, we don't think it's possible otherwise. Right. So we start having all these conversations. We hire a firm. We get all these brand ideas. We get all these different names. And we're like, we come back to, I think it's Stand for Life. Mm. because what we really want to see is the foundational underpinning the image of God and we want to speak holistically to life issues. Yeah. We may be focused more intentionally on like abortion, right. abortion drivers, the church, right, right. healthcare, education, adoption, foster care, but we want to address the whole of the issue. I love it. And we and we think that's what the church needs to hear, mm. because what we even saw as we were working on the brand is really just this division, yeah. even within the church.
4: Yeah, oh, like you on. either
3: talk about life, or you're going to talk about justice. Yep. No, we're not. Yeah, we're not caught in the binary. Sure, sure. We're gonna we're gonna talk about this middle that brings both together, and that's the image of God and human dignity. I love it. And so that was the birth of Stand for Life. How can we mobilize the church? Yes. Because this issue is so foundational. Yeah. Like, we care deeply about children who are in cages at our Southern border who are not being treated with dignity.
0: Right, 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 yes.
3: And inherent worth. Come on. This is not disconnected from this other issue these are all the same yes, issues. Absolutely. Yes. We care about children who are in poverty. We we care about someone who's enslaved.
4: Yes, right. yes, we yes, just yes. talk right. about slavery. Right. Yes, yeah.
3: And an assault on one who bears the image of Christ. Yes. Right. So we were like okay Lord give us wisdom in how we how we uh, really think about the vision of Stand for Life, yeah. defending, affirming the dignity of the human person, yeah. which is rooted in the image of God I love it. and how that plays out. And so when we do see these other assaults yeah. on image bearers, yeah. we speak to those consistently yes. right across the spectrum, yes. right. not just like one way for one particular population. So it. that was really like, and then we launched Stand for Life publicly and, um, Really, in the fall, with a soft launch, Uh and while we spent the last two years building church relationships and church partnerships, so we spent two years building relationships, talking about the brand stand for life. We soft launched in the fall. Formal launch January of twenty three, and then separated
0: the the meeting y'all had in D C. Yeah, that was the
3: meeting. My good friend
0: Joshua helped help coordinate that. I love that. Yeah, Yeah.
3: yes, he did. He's been amazing. so we did that and then completely uh, separated um, Stand for Life from the ERLC. Yeah. So the ERLC gave um, the branding, if you will, and the brand was created by the Collective Impact Alliance, but gave that uh, to- Which is a
2: group of 10 pro-life organizations. Yeah, 10. Oh, Human, oh, okay. Human, Human yeah. Coalition being one of them. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Awesome. Who I work with.
3: Yeah, so, so the Collective Impact Alliance that sits behind the work that we do is these 10 organizations that are working in women's healthcare, education, um, i.e. public school education, oh. church engagement, intervention, upstream intervention that we call, like yeah. drivers to abortion. So right. these seven, like what, Seven drivers uh-huh. um, that are the primary reasons women choose abortion, and then downstream, right post-abortion support disruption of the cycle,
4: right.
3: But we see that over the life cycle of the person, so we're addressing these issues. Oh, I yeah. love it. And yeah, um, yeah it the collective impact. The collective yeah, impact too. alliance has been meeting since twenty eighteen, and there's a core group, and then there's a large group of more than a hundred uh, national organizations. Uh, in the movement that are working together from adoption, foster care, housing, education, paid family leave, et cetera. I
0: love it. I love it. Yeah.
2: And unfortunately, but fortunately, there there is hope. Uh And I think that it's imperative now that Roe has been overturned Mm -hmm. that these organizations that the church in general at large— be able to rethink what it means to stand for life. Come on. Mm-hmm. Yes. It, it, it's going to take a radical reengineering of our thought processes. Yeah. Yes. Because yeah, yes. the truth of the matter is, in this country, we have been conditioned mm. to go to church on Sunday and treat certain people groups like they are less than through yeah. the rest of the week. Yeah. As a matter of fact, we've been conditioned to go to church on Sunday and have those people sit in the balcony while they're there. Or we've been conditioned mm. to rip out pages of the Bible yep. and only present certain parts of it right. that lean to our proclivities yep. and support our view of scripture and keep them subjugated. Yeah, like yeah, we've yeah. Come on. we've done that in this country for hundreds of years. Yeah. And so the fact to be able to address, like you said, the, the immigrant children in cages or the preborn child or the family who doesn't have generational wealth because of redlining yeah. uh, or listen to these things with an open ear and open hands sure, right. and with the love of Christ to not, perhaps not understand at first, but be open and willing right. to see things outside of your own mm. American culture context yes. is going to take some re-engineering, yes. even for believers, because again, we're falling From the image of God, totally. And we need the spirit in order to open our eyes to certain things. And so, what's powerful about this and hopeful about this is that you have a group of organizations and people and curriculum and all these sorts of things that is standing in that gap because now is the time to do things differently. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's not just going to happen. Right. We're not just going to wake up one day and be able to see the image of God in every person. We'll say that That's right. if you give us, if you go into any church in America and you give them, you know, a piece of paper with a box, like back when we were kids, like, right. do you like me? Do you like it? <laughs> right. And you say, do you believe the image of God is in every person? Yeah. They will all check yes. Check the right boxes. They'll check the right yes. boxes. Yes. They'll all the right yes. Right. But when you yeah. go home and listen to the conversations in the living room, Ooh. or when you see the stuff that they listen to Ooh. or something Eat they watch on TV, TV, right? or when yeah. you see how they talk at work around the cooler, Or you see the things that they stand for and they don't stand for. And the way they talk about those people over there, what they're doing is different than what they check the box at. And so the challenge for all of us as believers Mm -hmm. is to look introspectively. Do we have a said faith or are we actually doing the works? A said faith. We're actually Mm -hmm. doing the works that actually support the stuff that we say. It's it's Mm -hmm. so
1: easy to just intellectually assent to pro-life. Or check the box Yeah mm. And that's why I love that you said That it's going to take A radical reengineering Of how we view these things Yes I would love for you all Because I think that We've touched it Um yeah. But I would love for you To talk about What it means To have a culture of life That okay. goes beyond Talking about pro-life Just being about What is happening in the womb mm. Because people to say that They'll say Well You all are talking about pro-life. You pro-life folks only care about what happens in the womb. What about all the other pro-life things? So what does it mean for us to have a culture of life that is holistic rather than as we're talking about pro-life, we're only just talking about abortion in the womb? Why is it
0: important? And let me add to that question. Do you all also think that... Holistic conversation, which again, um, I'm I'm referencing the conversation I had with my father-in-law just not not Mm -hmm. even a couple weeks ago.
4: Mm -hmm. And
0: how he hadn't heard folks who would say that if you had to put me in a category, I I, I would certainly be pro-life. He hadn't heard folks talk like that before. Do you think that that's also a part of changing the way people who do not agree with us changing the way they see the issue is perhaps in the culture thing. So that's good. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. A little while ago, I was, I was in the airport in Atlanta. Um, I'm 27 minutes away, no traffic. I'm I'm like, I'm on the side of Atlanta. I call it Georgia. Like we live in Georgia. We don't live in Atlanta. We live in Georgia. Georgia. And and while you live in in Georgia, you don't have traffic in Atlanta. You got traffic. So (laughs) still use that airport. But anyway, I was there and I was talking to a woman who, um, works for the airline, and, and this is like right in the middle of I think the last Senate race, so all the pro life, pro choice stuff was going pretty heavy. And I was I was doing some editing and stuff I was writing, and we started talking about this exact issue. And when she realized what I was working on, you know, the conversation kind of lit up. Right? Um, yeah. She uh, is is pro choice, uh, women's autonomy, um, all those sorts of things that are vitally important to to that side of the issue. We start talking. And the first part of the conversation was me listening
4: yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: to her. Mm-hmm. Listening to how she felt about being controlled, mm-hmm.
4: Mm-hmm. validating mm-hmm. some of her fears mm-hmm.
2: about the other side, the pro-life side, the legal side of it, the fact that you just care about pro-birth, mm-hmm. her history, how mm-hmm. she'd be impacted by abortion, mm-hmm. how she'd been impacted by several other things but I just listen for a little bit.
3: Mm -hmm.
2: I think the first step in creating this culture of life is listening.
3: Yeah, that's right. And
2: many times we don't validate people, we don't validate their image because we don't listen to their concerns. Mm. And that can go on all sides, but specifically for us as as believers and as people who are pro-life, who care about the image of God in every person, as church people, so to speak, Part of creating the culture of life is people who don't necessarily agree with us know that we value them. Yeah, it's yeah. good.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm. And when we value them and we listen to them, we understand where they're coming from. It is then that we understand how to address their biggest concerns. Yes, Her yes. concern was being controlled. Her concern was not really that she didn't care about preborn children because she did, and I don't. I only found yes. that out later in the conversation, Come on, wow. sir.
1: And there's mm-hmm. there's data to back that
2: up. Yeah, exactly. There's a game study that exactly. says
1: most I, people don't see a yes. abortion as a as a universal good, yeah. even exactly. those who
2: are pro-choice. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. But I only found that out because in this context, it wasn't on Twitter, which <laughs> we're all guilty of sometimes. Yeah. Yes. It was face to face and I and I spoke to her. Mm. And that's how you start to create this this culture of life. we say when we say culture of life, yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it it's the idea that all life is valuable. It's Proverbs 31, you know, verse eight. You know, we talk about the Proverbs 31 woman, but Proverbs 31 man is somebody who speaks up for those who can't speak for themselves. Yes. Mm-hmm. He, he judges mm-hmm. righteously. Yes. He stands in the gap. Mm-hmm. And so that trickles to, down to our families, to our mm-hmm. children, mm-hmm. to our curriculum in schools. Um, there are so many tentacles where this is, and, and this is something we may not address on this podcast or not, but the culture of quote unquote death Yes, is is in everything. Yes, come on. Yeah. And so well,
3: in thanks. a culture yeah. of death, yeah. y'all can talk about that. The image of God.
2: Yeah.
0: So you know, yep. we we yep. we got about about thirty thousand
2: plus people. Oh, the culture. To this, I, I, and they like I, I mean, when you when you, you, <laughs> you talk about it, Elizabeth, you can you can touch on this too. But when you talk about curriculum in schools, you talk about music industry,
4: Yes. which you're
2: familiar with. I am. We talk about sports and athletics. We sometimes talk about the seven Mountain strategy. We talk about government, media, education, all those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. A culture of life supports and honors life in all those areas. That's why it's important that wherever you are, whatever sphere God has placed you in, whatever occupation you have, you have a role in this. Yes. Mm. Too often, we leave it up to the activist. Yes. That guy or that woman is a pro-life activist. Mm-hmm. She's a speaker. She creates curriculum. Uh, th- this person, that's what they do. And it's like, no, you have a role in whatever you're in, in the culture of life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. has to be everybody.
3: Yeah. So true. Yeah, that's it's good. interesting because we see, I mean, Planned Parenthood has... Been doing what we call like the re engineering of the culture. Oh, yeah. To accept this flawed view or mm-hmm. flawed vision of the human person. We go all the way back to Planned Parenthood's founding. Uh
2: huh. And 1916,
3: 1918.
2: It was before I got here. So but 1916
3: like was the founding of Somewhere the very first birth control clinic in mm-hmm. Brooklyn. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how much you all know about like the founding of Planned Parenthood, Margaret Sanger, Margaret Sanger founded yep. upon eugenics. Yep. Yep. Like, the purpose of the very first birth control clinic was to for population control. Mm-hmm. We want to um, remove populations of persons that we believe have less desirable traits than others. Yep. Okay. So I'm not, not talking about birth control as like a and, issue. And let but me let's just, say, just
0: say one thing. Yeah. And please. please hold that thought, sister. Yeah. I, I heard somebody on. CNN mm-hmm. in the conversation around Roe v. Wade using similar language about when they were going through the list of reasons why we needed to have abortion. Oh yeah, they mentioned population control. Oh yeah, and when I heard it, I was like, oh, because I, well, I hadn't like watched. I hadn't watched the news in a long time. Yeah. and I heard. It, I said, like, oh, they just saying
2: this mug out loud now.
3: Out loud. Oh, it's out loud. <laughs> you wanna you wanna talk about population control and see what we're doing in African nations?
2: Okay. Oh. And it's not and it's not new. This and, is and, not and, new. And even and even back then Sanger Sanger was centers. bankrolled by people yeah. like the Rockefellers. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. For oh, sure. Yes. Yeah,
2: yeah, Sanger Ford, was ba- yeah, uh, the, 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 the big business people in, in our country and others
3: mm-hmm. were
2: behind eugenics.
3: Yeah. 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 Um, big, yep. Population Warren control, Buffett. Yep. Warren Buffett. Yep. We have um the Gates Foundation. I was gonna say Bill the yeah. Gates. The two largest funders to Planned Parenthood which are also involved in all kinds of international population control. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So like we can't also take our eye off what's like happening internationally. Sure. There's this massive move at the UN. I know we're specifically talking about abortion, but I'm talking about just like population control in general. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, we're, we're seeing this move at the UN to make abortion international human right. It's also for the sake of population control. That's
1: crazy to think about.
3: And what's happening internationally there is like really important for us to look at here because what we see internationally typically affects the U.S. Uh, like 10 years later, especially like what's going on in Europe. Yeah. So then we have like the, you you go all the way back to the early 1900s, you've got the founding of the very first birth control clinic uh, by Margaret Sanger, who herself is racist and was founded upon eugenics, population control. Then you see the the birth control clinic merge with Planned Parenthood, which becomes PPFA, Planned Parenthood Federation. So, it's like Mm -hmm. what we know today Mm -hmm. as like global Planned Parenthood. Yeah. Uh, That's like in 1918 to 1923. Oh. Okay. So, we begin to see like this forming happening. Yes. Mm -hmm. Then you begin to see in 1948 to 1952, you see Planned Parenthood decide, oh, hey, wait, we're gonna like actually invest more money in birth control so that it can become like this global acceptance and as a part of population control. So Planned Parenthood is the one that developed, continued to fund more money into the pill so that it's like utilized for way more purposes than it was originally. Mm -hmm. It's the standard of care for women's health wow so i have a woman's health issue i'm a 13 year old girl um i have acne on my face now i'm going to put you on birth control yep okay so we're going to talk about like how education plays into this this is like 1948 1952 planned parenthood did this incredible job in paving the way both in terms of physicians, both in terms of legislation, both in terms of funding with Title Ten. Mm-hmm. So basically they developed the pill and they developed the public school curriculums, the gender and sex education curriculums, which is the standard curriculum in the US for our children's, for our children in the public school system. Planned wow. Parenthood provides the only curriculum that meets really? state and federal standards for gender and sex education. Wow. So, it's contraception an issue.
1: Yeah. Nope.
3: and gender and sex education, 88% funded by the government for Planned Parenthood.
0: Yes. Wow. So,
3: this is, so, when we talk about the re-engineering of the culture, if that's what our kids... yeah are receiving is the gender and sex education curriculum in Planned Parenthood's public school system. We just did a review of one of their curriculums that was a third party curriculum in the most conservative and one of the most the largest school districts in the state of Texas huh. was a Planned Parenthood curriculum. Telling a 13 year old girl, look I'm getting excited here. Oh no, yeah,
4: I'm pulling us yeah. yeah. <laughs> i in a minute.
3: About to come off this the what table. we this is what we do. <laughs> All right. So here we go. We review this curriculum. It tells a 13-year-old girl how she can receive health care services without parental consent. Yep.
2: Dang, teaching yep. them to go. Because, around. It's, because it's about trust. Now we have new laws. Where do you yeah. turn? Where do you turn when you have your first crisis? Not yep. even your first crisis. Yep. But when you have that crisis, when you have that unplanned pregnancy, when you have an issue with birth control, yeah. where, who is a trusted partner? Because if you want to change culture, where do you start? You don't start with the old folks that are over 40. No.
3: You start with children and we're re-engineering the culture to accept this flawed vision of the human person through public school education is a major driver. And they knew that. Mm -hmm. So if you start, because the curriculum starts at kindergarten, the kids as young as five years old, they're being educated through 12th grade. You've successfully, by the time they're graduating, re-engineered their hearts and minds and attitudes and behaviors. Man. And so when we, and this is just one way that we're Man. doing this, but sure. this is, so we've set up, and and Planned Parenthood, and by the way, there is like, we should give credit where credit is due because yeah. the reality is Planned Parenthood is working in communities other providers are not.
4: Right, right. So who
3: are women going to go to if Planned Parenthood is the, quote, trusted provider? Yes. Maybe they don't have private health insurance.
1: Right, right.
3: They could be on, like, Medicaid. Yes. Okay. Planned Parenthood is the provider in their community. Yes. Mm -hmm. They've worked to build her trust. They're here for her in her time of need. Right. They've educated her children and his children in the public school system, they are seen as the trusted provider. Yep.
0: Wow, that's good. Yep. That's good. Yep. So we began yep. to see yep. like
3: this, this re-engineering of the culture. And I think Benjamin talked about it earlier. Like as a part of the church-based curriculum, we basically saw this mm-hmm. re-engineering of the culture. And we're like, huh, if it's doing it through public school education, What's happening in private school education? Wow. Yeah, yeah. We uh-huh. need an alternative. Right.
4: Yes. We've right. got
3: to work to unengineer the culture. Right. Yes. From accepting this flawed view of the human person. Right. We've got to start with the church, i.e., the image of God curriculum, answering the question what does it mean to be a person? Yes. Where
0: Which we is. have here. Yes, we have, we have here, and uh, we'll have all the information how you can get this in your hands. Tell us a little bit about the curriculum. And, I, and, I, and I'm not making this up because they are here. No. I <laughs> held this in my hand, and I got goosebumps. Now, to be fair, I've been getting a lot of goosebumps through this whole conversation, so <laughs> maybe I'm feeling goosey today. But, uh, but this is... The, what is a person... Mm -hmm. It's such a powerful question that speaks to so many different things in Mm -hmm. culture right now. Please Mm -hmm. help us with why this is available, how we can get this in our hands. Yep. And what this is about.
3: Well, my amazing friend over here, Benjamin, and by the way, he's been such a good, trusted friend for several years. And I consider it it a deep, deep privilege. And he knows this to like walk alongside. Uh, this journey of advocating uh, yeah. for life with him, yeah. I think he's been so helpful in helping me understand the complexity of these issues. I constantly feel emotional mm. uh, when we talk about the weightedness of that responsibility. Yeah.
2: Come on, mm. yeah, yep,
3: yep. I do this like every time because I can't yeah. get Take it together. Time.
2: Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and we always say, "Take your time. It's okay." Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Seriously, because it, it because it is it is emotional. You're talking about life, right? And it, it's the same reason why. You know, we get up in arms when we see a mass shooting. That's yes. Right. yes, same yes. reason why our heart strings tug when we see someone on the side of the road. Yep. Yes, that so needs need something is because yeah. we can't deny the fact that we are humans and that God gave us life, and that's why we care about life. Yes, like, like, like you have to try harder to be calloused
3: yeah. to mm. life. Mm. Yeah, come on, then mm.
2: to than to care. Yeah. Um, and have a warm heart towards it and so when I see your tears it means your heart is open and it's warm that's powerful uh, so keep that it's a, oh I just got more goosebumps
3: <laughs> and the tear fell
4: but it the, was I couldn't
3: hold it but, yeah. the, but, but the
2: curriculum is, is six part it's a six week yes. curriculum mm-hmm. um, that is uh, available and it's coming up available. Yeah, May 15th Yeah, yeah May 15th It's available But it goes through Six different parts yeah. Image of God In every person mm. Amen. Image of God In pre-born children mm. Image of God In women Image of God In children Yeah. Building a culture Is what we talked about I mean That yep. reflects the image of God yep. And the image of God In every stage Of life yes. And so It's those six sec- sections But there's also An accompanying video To it That this I help so teach good. That They
3: Benjamin Todd. They made it
2: so easy that I, I taught this is six 20 minute sessions. Yep. Oh, that's good. Um, yep. R- really again to to it's not just for pastors, not oh. just for church people, uh-huh. but to equip the church and to challenge mm-hmm. the church on everything that's in that book to kind of teach it in the video setting so that you know a church and organization can take it. They can have the book, they can have the videos, uh-huh. they can have small groups, they can, they can teach on Sundays from it. Um it's all powerful. those sorts of things to facilitate a conversation around what it means to, not only stand for life, but what is the image of God? Like what, yes. what is a person? That's our foundation. We we building this house in Georgia. That's finally going to be done soon. Yes. yes. So I want all y'all Praise. to come. We can, come we can do, we can do the, 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 the podcast from there. We yes, can do it we'll on do it. site. Yes. Hey, yes. Man, we will hey, do hey, it. Hey, we, we'll set everything up. All right. right. Now don't, but hey, don't tip the time. I, I know, we're going to show I'm, up I'm, with microphones I'm and cell boards. We can do it. But we built that house with the foundation. Yeah. It was just grass out there. Yeah, they took forever putting down the foundation. The reason why they did that Is because if you don't have a good foundation, your house is going to fall. What we're That's seeing right. is a lot of people don't have a good foundation. Come on, Ooh. sir. That's right. A lot of parents don't know yes. how to talk to their kids about this issue because they don't have a good foundation. That's yes. Right. And so when you don't have a solid foundation, then your house is on sand and it waves and it moves back and forth with the trends of the culture. Yes. That's right. And so when mm-hmm. you hear something that sounds good. You hear something that makes you feel good. Right. When you hear something that sounds like love and affirmation, Mm -hmm. but it's not rooted in truth, then you go that way. And so this is foundation. There are gonna be other curriculums after this. That's right. Yeah. But Mm -hmm. this is foundational to how we live our lives every day. Amen. So
3: it's over the life cycle of the church. So because we saw, like we keep coming back to this re-engineering of the culture to accept this flawed view of the human person, it wasn't just like Kindergarten through 12th grade, that's being re engineered. Like it's our entire culture yes. to accept this flawed yeah. vision of the human person. Yeah. So we were like, how, where, where is at least a starting point? Like yeah. we have to put like a stake down. Yes. Right. Where do we start? If you're a believer, have a relationship with Christ understand that we are starting with the image of God. Amen. So it's over the life cycle of the church. This is the adult curriculum. There's a leader guide that goes with that curriculum. Um, Benjamin, again, taught the six-week video series. It's gonna be available May 15th on standforlife.com. You can purchase the physical curriculum. But one of the things that we felt was extremely important is like church, the church, we do not want the curriculum to be inaccessible. Come on. So, we want small churches, urban churches, suburban churches, all churches, poor churches, all kinds of churches right. to be able to utilize the curriculum. Yes. So, if you don't have the resources to be able to purchase physical versions of the curriculum, we have the entire curriculum downloadable for free oh, on the website, yes. along yes, with beautiful. a six sermon series outline. Yeah. We worked with multiple pastors um, to create six sermons that go along, that's just an outline you can download Yes,
4: wow.
3: um, that a pastor could teach from the pulpit if his church is going through um, the curriculum. Incredible. So once for every six weeks on the Incredible. image of God. There's a children's version that we're finishing, yeah. a student version uh, that'll be finished by this summer. And it will also be offered this summer in Spanish translation as well. I love so, it. but the adult version is available on the website.
0: How now. Amazing. Yeah, this is good. Um, Dr. Graham, <laughs> Dr. Watson, thank you so much for coming on. Southside Rabbi. We have an we honor. are it is an better because of the work that you all are doing. Amen. Um, this is this whole conversation has been a roller coaster for me. Uh yes. from excitement. Uh I felt sad at one point. I got angry at one point, and then mm-hmm. I have been overwhelmed by hope. Yes mm. uh that God is doing something and he's funding it and it is helpful it is necessary mm. uh understanding the times and doing what works uh, and what is changing the conversation a culture of life we are mm. honored to be partners with Stand For Life and to use any platform, resource, or, um, you know, any kind of awareness that we can, you know, provide to what God is doing in this advocacy work. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, this has been Southside Rabbi. I am KB.
1: I mean the dream.
0: We are out of here.
3: reality is is even if you can't move the needle on the abortion issue that particular issue where is it that we can touch around that issue right how can we remove the need yeah or what we or what they call the drivers like why women feel they have no other option but to choose that how can we help support there and what can we do on the child welfare side Mm -hmm. foster care adoption um Healthcare, like there's just a lot of surrounding issues.
1: It feels like folks that, some folks that I, I know to be that life they don't even care are about-